0: from the nation's capital this is the fly fishing consultant podcast with your host rob snowett
3: all right so we are live from tie fest 23 i should call it lefty craze tie fest and we have just the representative of the show. You want to introduce yourself, tell us who you're with?
4: Sure. I'm Tony Friedrich, the executive director of CCA Maryland. Uh, I've been running TIE Fest for about 11 years now.
3: You want to tell us about TIE Fest for those that aren't out here on the eastern shore today?
4: Absolutely. It's uh, a gathering of some of the best fly fishermen on the east coast uh, to really share their knowledge about the sport. Uh, it's not a very commercial event. It's kind of a homegrown grassroots event. Uh, and we are uh, we're very proud of it. How many years has this been going on? This is the 11th year. And
3: the location is new this year. I went to, the I guess, the old location this morning. I'm trying to figure out why it was so quiet. I had to go on my phone, and I realized that
4: uh, we're at a new location this year. Right, right. Yeah, uh, this is a Prospect Bay Country Club. It's, it's a much, much nicer spot, um, kind of secluded, set back on the eastern shore, bigger bigger venue, hold more people. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it won't be as packed this year. Uh, it's kind of hard to move around 11 o'clock every year in the building. I told the bartender that these are
3: actually a bunch of drunks that happen to fly fish, so you better be prepared. He went to get extra six packs. I
4: Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think a couple guys will probably start drinking soon. All
3: right, so let's talk about CCAMD. You want to tell us what the acronym stands for and what you guys do um, as
4: the Maryland chapter? Yeah, it's Coastal Conservation Association. CCA is the largest uh, organization of its kind by a function of five over a hundred thousand members in the country. Uh, it is a bottom-up, grassroots advocacy, habitat, and uh, and and just getting people involved in fishing. Um, uh, largest chapters exist on the Gulf Coast in Texas and Louisiana. Those two states combined push. 70,000, 80,000 members um, and Florida all the way up the east coast to Maine. Um, we basically go to the meetings that you don't want to go to. That's the best way to describe it. Fisheries stuff is uh, fisheries management. It takes a long time. You got to have a lot of commitment and we're, we're the guys that are at all those meetings that you can't attend because you have other stuff going on in your life.
3: So what are some environmental impacts and, and things you guys are working on regulating and we talked a little bit before the podcast about blue catfish, trying to get them eradicated. I don't know too much about them except they're invasive. They're not native to the Potomac watershed. They're in the Chesapeake Bay.
4: They eat everything and they grow to disgusting sizes. Yeah, you know there was a lot of publicity about the snakeheads, um, but you know what we found is that blue catfish are a much much bigger threat to our ecosystem um they have they have become so invasive uh in in river systems in virginia that they're they're wiping out uh real delicate uh, f- uh real delicate parts of that ecosystem like soft water, uh clams uh, sorry soft shell clams mussels um they'll eat just in one river alone they'll eat over a million pounds of menhaden this year um they will they will slaughter the young of the year striped bass uh, it's, a, it's a super predator that really has no predators of its own, and we have to kill these things uh, uh, with, with extreme prejudice. Where are they located in the water?
3: You down on the bottom?
4: Yeah, that, absolutely. It's a, it is a predatory catfish. Um, you know, they will get into shallower water, but most of the time the larger ones kind of have their dens, their holes, uh, most of the time caught by bait fishermen.
3: You can suggest people eat them. Uh, maybe put a firecracker in their
4: mouth. Do uh, a little um, ethnic cleansing of the, the blue cats. We're uh, we're definitely a conservation organization, but when it comes to species like the blue cats, um, just killing killing them is the most important thing. They're, people need to be aware of the consumption of avi- advisories on them. You're only allowed uh, so many meals per month, and you need to check that out before you do eat them. Um, but the bottom line is. We have to become the predator for this fish because there aren't any more out there.
3: At the Snakehead tournament last year, I don't know if you guys were there, but they had a chef cooking them. Apparently, I guess if you do it right, and like you said, uh, you don't eat too many of them, it's going to be pretty good.
4: Yeah, and snakeheads are more of a, um, I guess, more of a firm meat, uh, and you're also not allowed to possess snakeheads. You know, so you got to kill those things when uh, when you when you when you catch them as well. But not nearly as much of a concern right now as blue catfish, um I think more than anything, it's just the sheer size of the catfish. I think the biggest snakeheads that we're seeing are mid thirty inches uh high teens in weight, eighteen pounds uh blue catfish are gonna are gonna start topping a hundred pounds soon um quick story about blue cats when they caught the maryland state record they kept it alive and put it in the aquarium at bass pro shops and a few mornings after it had been in the aquarium uh the workers came in and there was a 30 inch pike northern pike sticking out of its mouth of a 70 pound catfish so if that gives you any kind of an idea of what these things are um you know they're just they're they're too much for us they're too much for our delicate delicate little ecosystem to handle
3: where can we find you guys online? Uh, social media, websites, etc.
4: Yeah, we have a Facebook page. Just look for Coastal Conservation Association Maryland. The uh, the website is CCAMD.org. org. Um, and you know any information you need to know about us and what we're the the other issues that we're addressing, you can you can find it on there. It's the dead center of the legislative season. Tons of bills. Uh, other things that we're there we're working on and you know we we fight the good fight for maryland's marine resources and we keep we keep recreational anglers in mind first
3: thanks so much for joining us and uh, that's a good intro to hopefully other people i can get to uh, interview today thanks so much thank you buddy all right so we're talking here with molly she is with casting for recovery mid-atlantic let's talk about casting for recovery what it is what you do and the color pink (laughs)
2: What it does is offers retreats, two-and-a-half-day retreats, to women in any stage of breast cancer at zero cost to them. And in the Mid-Atlantic, we currently host two retreats. Uh, Historically, the Virginia retreat is in the spring. This year it will be Memorial Day weekend. We're going to a new place called Seven Oaks Retreat Center in Madison. And on the fishing day, we will go to Rose River Farm and fish his ponds. And within these retreats, the women learn how to fly fish a little bit. The casting motion has... It's been learned that it is wonderful exercise in breaking up scar tissue in the chest of women who may have gone through treatment. If you think about it, you know, the casting motion, that's how it was initially kind of like, oh, oh, oh.
3: And this is for women of all ages, any stage of cancer?
2: All ages, uh, any stage... Uh, We've had women who are currently still in treatment, women who are 20 years down the road, and women of Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, West Virginia, and the District.
3: How many other chapters are there across the country?
2: There are a lot. Country, yeah. National office is based in Vermont, but there are chapters all over the country. So you know, if someone uh, is interested in not just the Mid Atlantic, but may have a friend or family member. Who's a survivor or going through treatment and wants to introduce them to the program? They just go to castingforrecovery.org, look up their region, and Bob's your uncle.
3: And you're all nonprofit donor based. It's
2: all nonprofit, and what we raise in the mid-Atlantic is specifically for our retreats. It's about fourteen thousand dollars per retreat, so you know twenty-eight thousand dollars a year we have to raise locally through shows and our two-fly that we have and wonderful donors that just you know feel like sending in money uh it's all done here and uh it stays here which is you know it's 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 a nice kind of perk so when people give us money locally it stays here
3: let's talk about the color pink
2: well pink is you know it's it's got to be known as the breast cancer color for good or bad but you know when you see it people know what it is um so when, I guess pink and purple has become the, the casting for recovery colors. But for instance, like when we do our two fly, uh, one of the flies has to have the color pink on it. Pink has just been associated with breast cancer.
3: And you've got some flies here that are tied by mustad, I believe, for you guys? Well... They're pins?
2: These are pins. These come from our national office. These are, gosh, I somebody in Texas did these, and she just gave me a bunch of them. Somewhere in my box here I have um, flies that have been tied a, by some of the guys like Bob Gardners tied some flies for us. Casey uh, has tied some flies. So a lot of times uh, other clubs will tie flies for us. And we will we'll give them to the women at the retreats or we'll sell them at shows. I don't tie any. Nobody want those. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they look nice. We've t- are you coming to the beer tie on Monday? No. Those burger Avalanche
2: burger. I can't. here tomorrow today. Georgetown tomorrow. Your time Monday. Oh no! <laughs>
3: three days of, of hanging out with the same people. I
2: know. I've had enough of you people already.
3: You know, Ben Franklin said that fish and guests stink after three days, but anglers, it's got to be worse.
2: Yeah. And do you, have you looked around this crowd?
3: Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's gonna be interesting. Hope hope people are eating their beano today.
2: It looks like the GOP.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, Molly, thanks for joining us. You know where to find this. So I don't have to hand you my card and. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, everybody, recovery. if you don't know about Casting okay. for Recovery, well, where can you find you online? Social media?
2: Yep. Yeah. Casting for Recovery Mid-Atlantic has their own Facebook page. We have a web page on uh, the Casting for Recovery site. Rob can tell you where to go.
3: I'll, ha- I'll have links once the the website is back up.
2: We have this wonderful new uh, rec card that we actually put...
3: Codes QR codes on the R back of codes, code.
2: how about that? We're be like becoming you know, part of this century
3: For those who don't know, my website all got deleted last night On the phone with Yahoo So we're working on that we am going to have website this weekend And it happens
2: <laughs> Of course
3: Alright, well let's go uh, talk to some other people Let's Alright, so we're with Jeff um, You guys remember how great we talked about the Irish pub last weekend So Jeff was on the other side of us We shut that place down
5: well, I was smart enough to get out of the pub early, uh, made it home, and made it back to the Lancaster Fly Fishing Show, bright-eyed and bushy Tail for Sunday. And we were highlighting today the uh, Gene Loomis rods, our uh, new NRX line of fly rods, and our Pro 4X series. Here with Mike Colegrove from the Backwater Angler. We're up in Moncton, Maryland. Uh, we have a shop that um, we sell all the Loomis gear you would want. You, you would ever want. Or, or choose to try for trout saltwater we can get you fully outfitted for whatever you choose so let's split this up let's talk about loomis rods
3: for the gunpowder and loomis rods for susquehanna flats what do we need for gunpowder and you mentioned at the bar gunpowder hasn't been stocked in a a long time i didn't know that so a little history of the gunpowder i wish we had the mic out at the bar that would have been good
5: that would have been good. We could have had a long we could have had a long chat about it. But the Gunpowder River is a tailwater trout fishery. It's all wild brown trout, and it has not been stocked since 1982, when they started the fishery with fingerling browns that were planted from um, adjoining tributary creeks and such. Um, now we have areas of the river that host over 3,000 wild brown trout per mile, and uh, the great the type of fly rods we will use to fish for them. Uh, we use three, four, and five weight rods mostly. In the Loomis line, the new uh, NRX Light Presentation series have been a favorite. You know, the, the uh, eight foot eight inch four weight's been a favorite of our of a lot of our anglers. Um, and then the three weight's also a nice dry fly rod on some of the you know smaller stretches of the creek. But uh, we catch um, you know the wild browns year round. Spring's great fishing for you know with dry flies for um, our sulfur mayfly hatch It takes place mid May through June. We have great caddis hatch and um, we have great dry-flying, terrestrial fishing all summer long. Let's talk about the flats that we were talking about at the bar. Uh, now, we, I start, I run. also run um, light tackle and fly fishing charters on the Chesapeake Bay. Start on the Susquehanna Flats. My company's called Lose Fly Angler. You can check me out at www.fishlose.com. And we fish the upper Chesapeake Bay for about a month and a half. We have a special season that's catch and release fishing for striped bass who are migrating north on the bay to spawn. Uh, it allows fly fishermen a really good shot at a large striper on the fly. And we target them with eight and nine weight fly rods with a variety of lines from uh, fast sinking shooting heads to uh, floating lines and poppers. And uh, some days on the flats we launch from Havre to Grace, Maryland. We'll, we'll, we'll catch you know several dozen fish a day on the fly and it's a, it's a lot of fun. For those people that drive up and down 95 that can't pronounce the town you're from, did you give us a pronunciation? The proper pronunciation of our town is Haver de Grace, and that means in French, Harbor of Grace. So, And you're on the Susquehanna below Conowingo Dam, which is a dead end for the fish? Yeah, correct. So there is a fish lift at the Conowingo Dam, which is several miles upriver from the Susquehanna Flats. They do attempt to get uh, the American shad and other species upriver to their native spawning grounds, and it's been somewhat successful. Uh, but the Susquehanna Flats area we fish is just at the head of the Chesapeake. It's about six to seven miles. Mile square area that we're able to fish. We can't go more than about a mile and a half upriver during our, our catch and release season.
3: All right, where can we find you guys online?
5: Find us online at uh, www. Find me online at www.fishlews.com. F i s h l e w s dot com. And if you'd like to come up to the uh, gunpowder and try your hand, we're at www.backwaterangler.com.
3: Fantastic. How's Thai Fest going for you?
5: Great, great. We got a good crowd so far. The new venue's great. So we're, we're looking forward to it. Fantastic. All right. I'll check back with you guys later in the day. All right. Thanks. Thank you.
3: We'll, we'll play this by ear. So we got Rich Tochterman. It's pronounced like Dr.
6: Men. And you run Tochtman's, uh Fells Point Talkman's Fly Shop. Yeah, absolutely. Oldest continuously running family-owned tackle store in the country. Um, been uh, last uh, last month we celebrated 97 years of continuous operation by one family. So I go to Fells Point a lot. But I, I must have missed your shot. Where are you guys located? We are on Eastern Avenue, uh, Upper Fells Point, Eastern Avenue between Wolf and Washington Street. My wife's friend owns
3: Mezi and Callie's Court, so she's down there a lot.
6: Yeah, absolutely. We're we? just north. Just get, head a little bit uh, up towards Hopkins, and you'll run into us. Oh, I know where that is. I go up to um, Chap's Pit Beef when
3: I'm up that area. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so let's talk about what you guys do, what you're doing here. you got rods and material for sale, and...
6: Well, yeah, here at the show, at the show we, we try to give a little representation of what we have. Um, we carry a little bit of everything. We, we've got guys that come in that fish tiny little two weights for, for trout on the gum powder and, and other small streams for trout. And then we also have guys that are heading down to uh, Costa Rica to catch sailfish and marlin and, and all on the fly. Um, so we, we have a very wide variety of stuff. We're not geared towards one kind of fly fisherman or another. We, we like to carry a lot of stuff. Um, and we're actually going to be expanding uh, this year. We're going to be moving all of our fly fishing stuff up to the second floor Uh, we've already moved all our fly tying stuff there and um, we're gonna be just doing some business here looks like we're selling some
3: some uh, streamer material we have some streamer floor
6: going and I'm gonna pause while we make a sale
3: All right, so we sold some uh, streamer hair?
6: Yeah, it's got some streamer hair going uh, for Joe. uh, Joe Bruce, he actually, Joe works at the occasionally. He ties up the famous head, so we carry all the materials for that. So definitely stop uh, stop by every other Tuesday, call the shop, uh, if you have any questions about when he's going to be there. but, uh, yeah, we're going to be expanding quite a bit, and uh, we're very excited about it. And I'm going to have a lot of empty space to fill with new material and new rods and reels, so uh, we're looking forward to the expansion, so stop by when you can. Fantastic. How's um how's the Natty bow going these days? Not too bad, not too
3: bad. I, I passed a liquor store, so I'm going to get some Natty. You can't get that in Virginia, so no. it's a novelty for us. That's nah, a
6: Baltimore thing, definitely a Baltimore thing. you got to stop by and get it. Absolutely. How many years have you been doing Thai Fest? Uh, this is actually our third year. Um, last year we did pretty well, and it was a very good crowd. Uh, we like the new venue. It's definitely uh, it's a little bit nicer. We, we like the old venue as far as the view, and it was a good place, but uh, a little bit taller ceilings in here. where are a little more friendly to a nine-foot rod. Absolutely. And is this your, your partner here? This is my wife, Laura. She's... Uh, it's pretty much the only thing she does for the shop is uh, help at TIE Fest, but she does a great job. My wife loathes everything that has to do with my business. <laughs> so um, good for you that you get to hang out with her. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Get a, get a chance to get away from the kids for a little bit. We love them to death, but uh, some time away and yeah, making some money. Where can we find you guys online? Uh, right now we're working on a website, but uh, we're on Facebook, so you can definitely like Tochterman's Fly Shop. Um, I do have a website for the fly shop, Tochterman's Fly Shop. Uh, com and uh, definitely look us up or you know feel free to uh, stop in and give us a call. I'm going to let you go because you're getting
3: swamped with customers. So yeah, it's getting a little busy. I like it.
6: Hop to it. All right, have a going. Thanks.
8: Take
3: care, man. All right, I've got Casey here. She's a regular at the TPFR bar ties and um, the beer tie, I should say. She's tying up some purple flies right now. Casey, you want to introduce yourself and the organization you're with?
7: Uh, I'm Casey with Chesapeake Women Anglers. We are an organization that helps teach women how to fly fish. And we have all kinds of gatherings and outings and opportunities for ladies to fly fish. And right now I'm tying a pink and purple clouser, which a friend of mine used last year and caught himself a huge shad. So now you know what you need, a pink and purple clouser.
3: It's so loud in here. I can't hear what you're saying. You're not using profanity, are you?
7: Pardon? No, I, I can't put on my teacher voice. Does that help? Can you hear me at the back? <laughs>
3: yeah. The microphone will pick up. So how long has uh, your organization been coming to the beer tie?
7: Well, I've been coming to the beer tie since they invented it. We, uh, we signed on with Tidal Potomac Fly Rodders, what, four years ago? Are they four years or three years old? Four. And uh, thought the beer tie was a great idea because it's uh, you can walk around and see what else other people are doing. And the very best part is all those beginners. Everybody's got to. And I like the fact that more and more ladies are coming along there. We should tell them about Chesapeake Women Anglers, too. Promise not to poach.
3: And you've got a pretty serious tying rig. I always can spot you with the beer ties because of your light. You want to talk about the, the brand of bobbin you're using, the light, and uh, what brand vice you prefer?
7: Well, the setup, of course, evolved, and it has evolved into this because I can no longer reach up to eye level to tie, so I have to have it down on my lap. I have a lap desk here, probably 10 by 14 inches, and on that lap desk is a Renzetti Traveler Vice, which I love, and it has a light with it, and I can't remember the name of the light, but it goes right on the vice stem, so I'm very visible in the room, as Rob says, uh, what was your other uh, the tools? I did have to adjust the holes because it came with tiny holes, and I drilled them all out for the tools. And of course, you put down a piece of white paper so that you have a good background. And uh, what was the other question you had,
2: Rob?
7: And and the setup, yeah. And the
2: and
7: I have a small magnetic pad to keep the hooks from wandering away. This whole thing fits into a big plastic bin so that I don't have to take it apart. I pop it in the bin, pop the materials in a Ziploc bag. Oh, and the thing that people mostly like is the little lunch bag to one side, which I use for a trash bag. That is the most technically advanced part of this setup, and I think it cost one-tenth of a cent.
3: The paper bag reminds me of my Valentine's Day mailbox in elementary school.
7: Remember? Remember? That's right. And uh, once somebody had dropped a package of them into the road in front of my house. So I really haven't bought any for years. Here you go.
3: Where can we find Chesapeake Women Anglers online?
7: Uh, we are at Chesapeake uh, ChesapeakeWomenAnglers.org. Put your W's in front. And our calendar is on there. And so you can find out where we will be. We have events in Virginia and in Maryland because we have members uh, all the way from Pennsylvania to Newport News. And they come to the events that are closest to them. I think tomorrow on the 10th we will have our spring kickoff meeting. But if you can't make it to that, come on along on April 27th to our fishing clinic tune-up. And April 27th at the Patuxent Wildlife Refuge. And uh, we hope to see a lot more lady anglers.
3: All right, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you at the beer tie on Monday.
9: Thank you. I'm sure that would be a good idea.
3: Come on, we've got someone you'll know. Client Gene is here at Tie Fest. Hey. That's how you referred to us on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. How was four mile
6: run yesterday? Uh, just slightly windy. A lot of well, a 40 mile an hour gust. Yeah, but it didn't blow out the shopping carts. They're all still in there, so I was happy. You getting soaked for the Shadron? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And take me out. I wonder who that
3: could be. And we got Beth here. How's it going?
2: It's going all right.
3: So these are the two that got me off the wagon, if you're interested.
6: Off the wagon? What does that mean?
3: He twisted my arm to make me drink bourbon when we were tying last week.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, it's one of our values, you know, that we hold really strong is to get you back into drinking after you've tried to quit, you know. Life's too short. Life is, sobriety sucked.
3: All right, well, thanks. We'll check in with you guys another time.
10: All
3: right. We've got Lefty with us. Lefty, this is now your TIE Fest.
11: Yeah, I didn't name it, so somebody else did. How many years have you been coming to TIE Fest? You been? Uh, oh, I think almost since they started, yeah. 13 years now i can't keep count at 88 i can't remember where
3: i voted two three, six months ago a uh, couple of quick questions for you um i have a lot of clients that inquire about rods they want to know the difference between buying a kit rod that comes in a package with a rod and reel versus buying you know a separate three four
11: five six hundred dollar rod how are those going to cast differently if you buy a combo rod, a rod, reel, and line, like you do at Bass Pro or Cabell's or something like that, it'll work. But you really ought to have a little better tool because you can play. But any rod that you spend $150 today or more from any rod company in the United States will probably cast better than the guy that bought it. <clears throat> so I would... If I was going to get into this, I would get just above the combo. But you can buy Reddington, Temple Forks, Croy. Croix. All these companies make... There are no real bad fly rods today. But when you buy a combo, you're buying the least expensive combination that they can put together. So it's, it's not as... It's better to learn on a good piece of equipment. I would suggest buying something better than a combo, really. Um, Last question. Everyone here wants to say hi. Any regrets as a fly fisherman that you've had? Any regrets? I've been making my living for 50 years out of it. I'm married to the best woman in the world, and she took off. I ain't got regrets. I got a lot of pleasure out of it. When people take you fishing and pay you for it, that's the way to go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely.
3: All right, well, um, I guess we'll see you down tomorrow. You've got the National Capital Show. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to be at the Project Healing Waters 2-Fly this year? And what? The Project Healing Waters 2-Fly Tournament.
11: Oh, yeah. You mean the veterans thing? Uh-huh. Right, yeah. Yeah, I was in Lancaster last weekend. New York City Wednesday, in Thursday. I had them off yesterday, and I'm back here, and then tomorrow Sunday. So I need to get around and talk to some people. Go Thanks. for it. Thanks for joining me.
3: All right, so we've got Brad Bowen, Muskie Country. Um, Should I introduce you by your pseudonym? Brad Bowen, Afton Angler from the Muskie Country Outfitters up in Wisconsin. Who are you tying with today? I'm here with the uh, Urban Angler from Arlington. All right, well, welcome to uh, the Mid-Atlantic. And what we're going to do is plan on Monday night, we're going to sit down and get a podcast. I'll get some questions lined up before not have to make
6: it up good i look forward to it uh a lot of good anglers out here and i like exchange always like exchanging info all right i'll let you get back to your ham biscuit ham biscuit the way to
3: go thanks man all right cheers we'll see you on monday
2: all
3: right so a little something different non-tying or uh booth guys today we got the tight line guys out of annapolis we're gonna talk about their blog and their fishing and tying and their upcoming trip to puerto rico
9: so tell us all about what you guys do and who you are Uh, My name is Morgan Kupfer, and uh, my buddy Luis is uh, working with me on Tightline Tales of a Fly Fisherman. It was a blog we started back in 2009, just kind of for fun, just to talk about the sport we love, and we kind of grew out of our skin real quick, automatically turned into a, uh, I guess, an internet sensation slightly overnight, thanks to the help from our fellow bloggers. Um, And yeah, we just love talking about conservation and uh, fishing in Maryland, and just keep people up to date on what's going on, where and when and why and um, our biggest thing is carp week. We run right after Shark Week. It just had our first annual one last year. Uh, and we've just taken that and run with it and had a lot of support through the community. Um, Rob here has been excellent enough to help us out with some great carving spots. We're looking forward to throwing some lines in this week uh, or this uh, season. Also, forgot to mention there's some nice spots in the CNO Canal before they fill it up. Yeah, we've checked out the CNO Canal and we've seen a lot of really big fish, and they're just picky. It's a great having the path right along the CNO there. You can ride your bike down, stick your rod right on your side, and just spot carp right from the path there.
3: So, one thing I like you guys do is the DIY section.
9: So, you did a, a line winder. How'd you come up with that, that plan and that idea? Yeah, I. Um I got really tired of running my line all the way through my entire house just to keep it from getting tangled and trying to wind it back up or having my wife hold a spool with a pencil through it. Um, So I just kind of searched the Internet, found some ideas, threw them all together, went to Home Depot and managed to keep it under $20 and threw this line winder together. Um, It's worked excellent for me. I re-spooled all of my lines in less than two hours. I spooled up about six reels in an hour. It, Where did you get that little counter that tells you how many feeds going through? Yeah, so the line counter um, was great, I, so I could measure out my backing and see how much backing I was throwing on each reel. I went on Amazon and I started looking up line counters, and all that came up was the Berkeley and Rapala ones. They were like twenty seven dollars a piece. So I looked up yarn counter for um, people who like to to stitch or or throw some quilts together, I guess, and I found this one for five ninety nine ordered that and it, like I said I've spooled up all kinds of reels with it it's been excellent speaking of reels big fan of allen huge fan of allen I love their products I love the 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 way they're going with their products um, they've been excellent to us they've thrown us some great discounts and then now we're on their pro um, pro deal and guide list uh, great company check them out allenflyfishing.com new stuff coming out every month from them you recently spooled them up with some colorful dacron backing you got on ebay
3: where'd you find that stuff
9: china yeah ebay you can you can find some great stuff on ebay um we're always deal finders and we aren't afraid to share it on the blog if you check us out we found uh 300 meter spools of just crazy colored backing to throw on our reels um for like ten dollars a spool it's kind of nice to cut out the middleman sometimes and and not have to pay
3: ebay's got everything
9: Yeah, yeah. We're big proponents and supporters of USA made stuff, especially with the VitaVu packs and, you know, making sure that the stuff we order is actually homegrown. Um, But we've been fortunate enough to to deal with a lot of companies on the home front. Um, It just comes when it comes to the smaller products like that, the stuff that's kind of in the background, you know, we'll we'll shortcut it just to save some dollar you wearing uh, a familiar shirt there. You want to talk about who you're repping today? Yeah, Fishing Porn. These guys are awesome. I won a contest with them a few weeks ago and uh, got some really great gear. And since then, I went back on and ordered a few more stickers, and I got a, a mug. But, yeah, this the shirt's great. Long-sleeve shirt, perfect for this time of year. Measures out to 14 inches on the sleeve, so you can hold your fish up to your side. Front says Nympho. Of course, only us fly fishermen would get that one. I got a bunch of stickers
3: for them at Somerset, I don't know where they are, so I got to put another an order.
9: Yeah, one of their best stickers is the 0.0, I hate to run, I love to fish. That's the, I got that one, and I've got my other ride's a drift
3: boat. I lost them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's introduce your partner in crime here.
8: Hey everyone, I'm Luis. Rob, thanks for having us.
3: Heck yeah, and you're uh, planning a trip down to Puerto Rico?
8: Yeah, Puerto Rico at the end of the month for spring break. Uh, I grew up there, so I try to get there a couple times a year, lots of tarpon. So looking forward
3: to it. There's also a distinctive adult beverage they make there that uh, I was quite fond of on my spring break there in 98. Nine, 1998 I went there. That was back when you could bring booze on an airplane. I literally I – I didn't turn 21 yet, so I brought a frame pack back full of rum. It was good times. But I didn't catch anything.
8: Yeah. Well, they're um – Bacardi's great. Uh, I grew up in Dorado. The uh, factory's at the next town over, so uh, I'm pretty familiar with them. We, we've, we've gotten together several times.
3: Which section of the island are you fishing?
8: Uh, well, I, I like to fish. Um, sometimes I fish the North Island. There's a large freshwater lagoon by the airport, um, so it's a easy fish if you get there. You know, from a long layover or something like that. But my favorite place to fish is in the southwest part of the island, so town called Cabo Rojo. They have a heavy tarpon population. They're non-migrating, so they're around all the time. Um, uh, there's a lot of houses and restaurants that uh, along the shoreline, so they tend to hang out under the docks. Um, you know, so it's uh, good fishing, good tarpon fishing. Is that near the town of La Paragua? Uh, yeah, La Pagadera. It's maybe like uh, 25. Um, 25-40 minutes uh, west of that So
3: That's where I got washed onto a coral reef that's covered in fire coral. It wasn't fun yeah,
8: I've been there too. Uh, in high school I was an avid uh, spear fisherman so I had more than enough run-ins with the fire corals.
3: You ever been to the bioluminescent bay at night?
8: Yeah, for sure. Uh, La Palguera's great uh, if you're ever in the area you check it out but uh, if there's another bioluminescent bay on one of the outer islands that's uh, much more bright if you catch it on the right moon. It's a good time
3: What brought you from there to Annapolis? The crabs?
8: Uh, No work. Um, I'm in aviation, so uh, I left Puerto Rico when I joined the Navy. I was uh, in aviation and had a couple jobs and ended up here in Annapolis.
9: What's up next for the TL guys? Well, we're actually about to launch a new site. Uh, We just took on the name Chesapeake Fly Company. It's going to be a huge release. We're hoping to get it out by the summertime. We're going to be doing apparel, fly boxes, stickers, everything you can you can think of um on top of that we're we're in with a few local fly shops if you check out all tackle uh great guys in there they're just trying to pick up on the fly fishing game and i think they're heading the right direction with that um and we've just been able to uh throw together some ideas and they finally have come together we're kind of embodying the, the fly fishing around the chesapeake bay as well as maryland culture um, while keeping our roots with the TLTFF. you know just trying to Continue what we've started and work off the foundation we've established.
3: That's one thing about Maryland people, there's definitely pride in Maryland. Like I don't know anybody that's got Virginia state flag tattoos. No one wears Virginia beers. It's you know, Maryland it's
9: Natty Bo, the birds. grab cakes and football, that's what Maryland does. Yeah. And fly fishing. And Ocean City. You guys are a very proud state. We are a very proud state. It's a it's a beautiful state. We're privileged enough to have the Chesapeake Bay run directly through our state. Um Amazing celebrities such as Lefty Cray have come out of this for the fly fishing game. And there's really, honestly, an amazing fishery. As long as we continue to maintain the conservation and uh, the waters that we've grown up on and we've been privileged enough to fish our whole lives, you know, we, we have a lot for our kids in the future. Where can we find you guys on all the social medias? Uh, You can find us at TLTFF on Instagram and Twitter. And then if you check us out on Facebook, we're facebook.com slash TLTFF. There you can also find the links to our websites and check us out there. Any words of wisdom for anybody out there listening? Keep your eye on the water. The mysterious golden ghost is out there. Heck yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks, Rob.
3: So the whole time I'm interviewing the, the last guys, I see this giant striped bass painting out of the corner of my eye. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell us about your
12: artwork? Yeah, I'm Charles Lawrence and I um, reside in uh, Annapolis, Maryland. And I do mostly uh, marine and uh, wildlife artwork. Um, the bass you speak of is a 42-inch fat male that I did a uh, Gaiutaku rice paper prints of, um, multicolored. And then mounted them on a oak thin veneer board, so they're ready to go outside with the UV protection, as well. And um, I guess here in my little art corner at the fly show, uh, I have some original oil paintings, and acrylic paintings, and some prints as well of all store of all sorts from a grouper, flounder. There's some alligators, striped bass, trout. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Um, how'd you get involved with uh, the event today? Well, I'm a recent member to the CCA, and um, I—it's uh, just uh, kind of one of those things where my interest lies on uh, on the fishing aspect, and uh, so does my art. So it's a good combination to be at an event like this. Where can we see these pictures online? People want to purchase them. Yeah, right now uh, my main website is not up, but uh, you can see them at. BakersArtistsAwards.org, and you look up my name, which is Charles Lawrence. Storefront for you in the uh, Naples area? It's 214 West Street, and uh, it's basically my studio, but it is a show space as well. So you can come through and and uh, look at what I got working on the easels and in you know on the walls and in the racks.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna have this uh, striper print on my mind for a while. You have to start getting a, a penny jug going. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out and uh, telling me about this thing that's been catching my eye. Cool. Thanks a lot.
13: Uh, All right. Well,
3: next up, we got Brian Kelly from Kelly's Whitefly and Harper's Ferry. Let's talk about what you are, what you do,
13: and what you fish for. We guide the Potom- Upper Potomac River near Harper's Ferry, West Virginia. We're one of only two licensed guides that guide through the national park. A lot of people believe that Harpers Ferry National Park is the little town of Harpers Ferry. They don't realize that Harpers Ferry National Park is 3,000 acres. So when you fish with us and, and do a guide trip with us, you know, there's not going to be any industry. There's no houses. It's all preserved national game land. You know, so it's not uncommon to see bald eagle, birds of prey. We actually go by Bird Island, which is... Um, uh, bird sanctuary for the blue heron. And on Harper's Ferry National Park's map, it's noted that if you step foot on Bird Island, it's a $2,500 fine. So what we're catching is primarily smallmouth bass. It's not uncommon to uh, catch conservatively 40 or 60 fish a day. Um, We have been doing studies on the fish over the last couple years uh, and Maryland Department of Natural Re- Resources is telling us that we've got a really great bell curve on our daily catch. So we'll go out there and we'll catch one or two small fish that are six or eight inches and then as you go and fill up that bell you have more 9, 10 11 12 and the major part of the bell is that 12 to 15 inch fish right now it's a great year class. And then as you come down the scale, you catch 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20-inch fish. So it's not uncommon to catch 60 fish and have a few nice fish as lunkers. A 16, a 17, an 18, and a 20. So that's an average day. We fish out of the whitewater rafts in the whitewater section. If we're going in the slower areas, the Shenandoah or up above Harper's Ferry or down from Harper's Ferry, We have a wooden McKenzie drift boat. A little nostalgia. It fits in with our Angler's Inn Bed and Breakfast, the era of 1890. So that's when um, Robert McKenzie designed the McKenzie River drift boat. So we felt it appropriate to have a true McKenzie River drift boat uh, as part of our experience. There's also walleye, tiger muskie, a uh, few largemouth mixed in there, and you've got the full panfish species. Long-eared green sunfish, a bluegill, two different species of pumpkin seed, and your, and your uh, crappie. So you never know what's going to be at the end of the line, you know. Uh, we primarily like to fish with topwater flies, poppers, or sliders, or hoppers, crickets, cicadas, that kind of thing. Dave Whitlock, three years ago in Fly Fisherman Magazine, I don't know if anybody saw that article, but he ranked the Potomac River number one in the Shenandoah number two for catching smallmouth bass uh, on the fly. And the key is on the fly. There's a lot of great places, Lake of the Woods, Lake Erie, uh, to catch big monster smallmouth. But the advantage is the average depth of the Potomac and Shenandoah is less than four feet. So you go up to Lake Erie, and you're fishing a hump that's 18 feet deep, you're fishing sinking line, and you're chucking and ducking all day, and you really don't got a good feel for the bite. Um, And it's difficult to do. Whereas on the Potomac River, it's no problem to pull a smallmouth up off the bottom of four foot of water with a popper. They'll leave the bottom and come up and eat, eat eat that fly. So it really lends itself well to fly fishing in that regard. Um, if the water is up and muddy, uh, then we'll switch to streamers. Some of the uh, flies that we use on stream, uh, uh, for streamer fishing are the classic clouser, of course, the woolly bugger, of course, uh, but I also like Lefty's half-and-half tied in a, a size uh, four hook, four bass hook, so it's a pretty big fly, it's almost a striped bass size fly and uh, Tully's uh, synthetic muddler minnow. And that's almost a six inch fly. And what we found is big flies catch big fish. Last, just to tell you a quick little story, last year a buddy of mine, Dusty Wismith, um, and and John Hayes wanted to go muskie fishing. The section of the river that is up from Harper's Ferry is really loaded with some nice muskies. It's really hard to point on a calendar calendar some random day and say, let's go catch a muskie. Muskie are a fish of 10,000 casts, as we know. So we go out, there's three guides in the boat, we're going out to catch a muskie, and we're throwing nine and ten weights with uh, wire leaders and eight and nine-inch flies, and we're catching 20-inch smallmouth. We did end up catching musky that day. I caught him in the back of the boat, and it was uh, it was a small one. It was only 42 inches. So we achieved our goal. Musky, uh, Dusty needed to take a picture of a musky for an article that he was writing. So they, we were able to achieve the goal and get that photo. But what we learned was big flies catch big fish, and smallmouth really, truly are not leader-shy if they're taking a wire leader. So come fish with us. You know, we've got a, we've got a lot of dates open. Um, it's going to be a good year. We've had the last four or five years, we haven't had any major floods, major droughts. The insect population's good. The terrestrial population's good. The minnow population is fantastic. The grass isn't too bad, so you're able to fish all year round. And uh, we expect to have another great year. Where can we find you guys online? You can find us on two locations, www.theanglersin.com for making reservations at the Angler's Inn Bed and Breakfast and the fishing guide service. Or you can find us on www.kellyswhitefly.net for, again, guiding information, uh, current conditions on the river, and fly fishing products.
3: You once gave me a number for how many... Dumbbell eyes you go through in
13: a year? How much was that? Yeah, I go through about 100 dumbbell eyes a year just in my Clouser patterns alone.
3: Start fishing Clousers, kids. All right, well, that was probably one of the better interviews because every question I had lined up in my head, you answered. So thank you very much. Well, good. Thanks for the interview. All right, man. Super. I want to take a All right, next up we've got Brad. He runs the family... And youth casting
1: call out of Fletcher's every year. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, so we do this event every year. Uh, it's on May 4th, and uh, we stock the CNO Canal and provide gear and instruction for kids, as well as a lot of other educational activities. It's a great day. Come on out. It's free. Uh, kids learn how to fish and get some time behind a rod, and they get to explore nature and, and learn more about the outdoors in the Potomac River. Where can we find you guys online? Uh, Familyandyouthcastingcall.com. It's really easy to find us. We're also on Facebook. Very cool. Anything else you want to talk about? No, that's it. I'm glad you're able to promote this event for us. We have a great time with it. Uh, Tidal Potomac Fly Rodders provides a lot of uh, volunteers for it, and uh, it's a it's a it's a really great day to get out.
3: I love the classic motorcycles you always
1: post on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. I like classic motorcycles. Nice clean uh, Honda is always a good thing. A few years old. I used to have a scooter. <laughs> I've had a few bikes in my life. I've been riding bikes
3: since I was a kid. And then we traded the scooter for Miata. That's a step up. Not a big step up. <laughs> I missed that Miata. Alright, well I'll let you get back to your adult beverage
1: here. Yeah, exactly. Alright, cheers. Yeah, have
3: Alright, we got a, a voice that is no stranger to the TPFR podcast. Dan Davala is here. Master FFF certified casting instructor and he's at the tidal potomac fly rodders booth and we have who's tying with us right now anya anya's tying some shad flies all right dan let's talk about the state of
10: tpfr uh well we are presently in our fourth year and our membership has grown to 978 i think as of this morning so we're almost at a grand um and i think a lot of the reason is because uh well we're free to participate with we exist to educate people about the public resource that we have in the tidal Potomac, and we're very sharing of our information. We have a very active uh, forum, there's a local forum, real time, and uh, uh, we're up to—we're already up to a couple hundred posts this month, and it's only the ninth. So there's a lot of activity. Or it's the uh, yeah, it's the ninth today. So things are going great. I mean, it's um, continuing to grow, continuing to flourish continue to get more people to teach with us, to learn, and um, our beer ties have moved to a new venue where we're bringing in 100-plus people at a beer tie. And um, it's all in the it's all in the name of uh, the fun, fun of fly fishing and uh, relationships with each other and the river, the resource, and the fish. So we're just chomping at a bit for the shad run. Should be starting in a couple weeks, and that's what we're doing here, tying shad flies and teaching uh, other people to do the same. And that's what's fun about our booth, is that rather than just coming up and looking at what we're doing, we're actually, we have our our uh, vices set up so people can join us and learn how to tie some chad flies. She's got a
7: couple flies named
10: though. How's the movie business going for you these days? Film is good. Uh, Urban Lines is showing around the country, so if you look in Vimeo and you search Urban Lines trailer, you'll find the film to our, our video that really really declares the message that, that we've been uh, emulating, which is not just, hey, check out how awesome the Potomac is, but it is fish where you are, and you know take a second or a third look at that piece of water that's right near your house, and see what's in it. And that's really the message. The message is to fish more often by fishing local. And, you know, if you if you discover something like that, then uh, teach other people to, to, to use the resource and to love the resource and therefore protect it as well. So uh, the film is helping us reach out. I keep getting comments via email and whatnot that um, the, that message of fishing local and fishing more is resonating with a lot of people around the country. So that's good. And then the uh, filmmakers, uh, Two Fisted Heart, Nick and Cami Swingle, are now helping us at Orvis build a video uh promoting the fly fishing 101 classes we do at orvis so now uh we've connected them with uh with a major company and they're shooting some film for them so we were shooting with tom rosenbauer last night on a promotional piece for fly fishing 101 it's just every direction we can possibly teach people put fly rods in their hands that's what we do speaking of your work at orvis what's new
3: and noteworthy at the shop these days
10: well, we continue to roll out H two fly rods. That's the 2.0 version of the Helios. And are they different? Well, yeah, they are. Are they better? That's subjective, but um, but they're pretty awesome rods. And the only way you can play with them is come and cast them with us and and see for yourself. And then um, on the real small stream side, we're chomping at the bit to get our. We have a new a new reel coming out. That's a small stream reel. It's click paw bat and kill reel. Excited to get that because I just got a new three weight. And uh, later in the year, we should have Clearwater Spay and Switch Rods, so affordable uh, two-handed rods coming to the market soon. And uh, that's exciting. I don't know the release date, all knows, but it's coming coming soon. Uh, yeah, we're really kind of reestablished. Uh, our brand's doing well. Waders are good, reels are good, rods are good, so uh, we're enjoying it. Did I catch you correctly, City Clearwater Switch Rod? Uh, you partially caught me correctly. Clearwater switch and spay so um, besides the switch rod and popular line weights we're going to do spays starting with a light spay from 12 foot 5 to a 12 and a half 6 13 7 13 and a half 8 14 9 that's what's slated right now but um, that's kind of still in the, in the finishing final touches but uh, I've talked to the people developing the rods and we're real excited about them and they're really going to be in that less than $300 price point which is exciting.
3: That is fantastic news, and uh, let's let Dan get back to his liquid breakfast. What are you uh, imbibing on this morning?
10: Uh, well, we're, we're sort of just beer tying at our table here. Uh, Dalton's got a Bloody Mary. I have a um, I don't even know what kind of beer this is that I got, but uh, it's early enough. I mean, it's, it's just past noon, so we're good. We're in the clear, and um, now we're having fun. Our next TPFR beer tie is uh, a couple nights away, March 11th. And then our big four-year anniversary party will be April 1st. So come out to Whitlow's on Wilson and join us. Um, we'll have a blast. Check out www.tpfr.org for Title Potomac Fly Riders. April 1 is also known as Poisson d'Avril,
3: which in France you pin a fish to someone's back and they don't know about it. So maybe we're going to have to stick a fish on someone's back that day.
10: I'll let you be in charge of that, but it, it's a good April Fool's joke. All
3: right, so for once, I'm on the other side of the Project Healing Waters table. Today we have John Dyer, and we're going to talk about stars and stripers. Let's uh, talk about the program.
14: Yeah, it's a program that uh, my colleague Roger Carlson and I started three years ago. And uh, what it is, is um, an opportunity for the uh, participants to wet their line, as a, if you will, in salt water. So um, what we do is uh, we bring them up to uh, a marina on the eastern shore. This year, I think, again, it will be in Chester, Maryland, uh, working with our friends at Dominion Marina. And we pair the participants up with uh, the top fly fishing captains in this part of the bay and uh, send them out for a day on the water chasing blues and stripers. Uh, Last year, we added an additional element through the uh, generosity of the Pascals. Down in Bosman, Maryland They donated the use of the 1,000 acre farm down there So we had a, uh, an event the day prior to the fishing event uh, Where we brought down uh, the saltwater fly anglers of Delaware To teach the guys a little bit about casting uh, big rods and sinking lines uh, We had a wonderful meal prepared there by a local chef We had a, uh, a real true to life crabber come in Taking guys out on his boat um, for fishing and crabbing and um, it was a it was a wonderful wonderful event. So we're planning on replicating that again this year. So I guess we could find you guys
3: uh, through Project .org. Is there a separate link or location where people can find out about this portion of Healing Waters?
14: Yes, if you go to the events section on the uh, Healing Waters page, the um,
3: good-looking food going by.
14: There is a uh, Stars and Stripers logo there, and if you click click on that, you'll see information about the program. We haven't set the date for the 2013 uh, event, but it's likely to be mid to late August at this point. All
3: Super. And your food just showed up, so I'm going to let you go. But thanks for uh, being on the other end of the table for me today. Thank you very much. All right. We've got the next generation in the fly industry right now. We've got Devin. Devin's fishing reports. Uh, You may have seen his flies recently on the Tidal Potomac fly rodders. You got a shout-out for Shadfly, so Devin, want to introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, and uh, if you're ready to quit school to do this full-time.
15: Yeah, well, I uh, just love to tie big stuff, Uh, fish a bunch in the Potomac, and Brookie's Wild Trout, you know, it's just all good. Where are you based out of? Frederick, Maryland. You know the Snow White Grill up there? Uh,
3: No. Well, if your last name is Snow White, they don't give you free food, so... Gee, if ever go there with me, we can try it again. Okay. What year in school are you? Uh, ten. You studying biology right now? Yeah. What are you on right now?
15: Uh, just uh, cells. Cell
3: biology—that's good stuff, man. How's the mitochondria doing? Uh, pretty good, you know. It's the powerhouse of the cell. Are you down with your Krebs cycle? Uh, nope. got the AD. A-T-P, whatever. Adenosine triphosphate. That's the basis. Ph- see, you're studying that now. We're going to go on a tangent. That's how you know that energy shots don't work because it's not ATP that you're consuming. If it was pure glucose and not all that other junk, see, you can make some money. You need to make ATP energy Sounds good. That's my bio tangent. So uh, tell me about some of the flies you're tying up right now. Using a gamakatsu hook?
15: Yeah. Uh, the B10S, really good, solid, sharp hook. Uh, Not a whole lot of money. I mean, they're decent in price, uh, just tying up a lot of stuff with craft fur, rabbit strips, and laser dub up front. And, of course, the fish skulls from from Flyman Fishing Company, I think, uh, just really complements the fly. Nice, lets it get down deep, you know.
3: You're not using a generic bobbin. What's your preference for bobbins these days?
15: Oh, uh, right bobbin. You know, just the tension control, really nice.
3: Looks like you got a mulberry fly over there too. Is that the foam kind?
15: Yep, just uh, tying with foam. You know, for them corp in the canal.
3: Do you have any Bloody Marys back on your end, or virgin Bloody Marys?
15: <laughs> no. <laughs> All
3: right, yeah, it's it's a boozy crowd here. What's up next for Devin after the show?
15: Uh, well, tomorrow's the Georgetown Prep show. Uh, hopefully get out to do some fishing for wild browns this week.
3: You going to be uh, going after the ladies there at Georgetown Prep? Uh, no. I'm sure there's some of the nice lacrosse girls.
15: Yeah. Um. I another question for you. It is uh, where can we find you online? Uh, www.devinsfishingreports.com you, and on Facebook. Are you want You work for any fly shops yet? Uh. You know, I work a little for a Beef Creek fly shop. I tie a couple flies for them. I mean, n- nothing serious.
3: Right. Um, Any plans spring break fishing? You going somewhere or staying local to fish?
15: Uh, just staying local, you know.
3: You coming down for the shad run at all?
15: Hope to, yeah. I mean, just uh, tidal Potomac fly riders, just getting on there, you know, uh, checking when the shad runs are.
3: I'll take you out, you give me a call During spring break, give me a shout, we'll come down for a day If you don't mind toddler hanging out I might give you the backpack, because you're younger Probably stronger than me, so you can put her in the backpack
15: (laughs) That's fine to me
3: Alright, you got the paparazzi now, taking your picture Yeah (laughs) And your parents are hanging out behind us?
15: No, uh, just friends for PVFF
3: Oh, very cool
15: We're representing a fly club right. right.
3: well I'll let you go back to Tyne You can order some of the food here Crab cakes, maybe keep it keep it Maryland local. Maybe. All right, all right. Well, it's good to uh, get someone from the next generation on here. And I've known Devin probably probably two years now. We've been talking online, so uh, this is pretty cool. Finally, got to meet him. All right, and uh, you're the bluegill, right?
15: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: He's got the he's got Cameron's TFM. You're the bluegill shirt
15: on. Yeah. All right. Any words of wisdom as we uh, part ways? Uh, just. Uh just make fly fishing all good you know don't take it too seriously uh it's a fun sport so i mean just have fun you sell your flies uh i do if you want to buy them
3: (laughs) oh that's like brushing with someone else's toothbrush man i can't do that (laughs) yeah all right well you got a uh someone here is inquiring about your material so i'll let you go all right it looks like our last uh podcast of the day is going to be Brad Buzzy, You know him from Fly Tire Magazine. Were you in there recently? Not Fly Tire Not Fly Tire. Scrapped that.
15: So
16: we're going to be tying a sand eel here. Yeah, we're going to tie easy body sand eel. Um, this is a fly I tie a lot for up on the Jersey Shore because we get um, some pretty big sand eels. I am, I fish anywhere between um, Sandy Hook all the way down to Island Beach State Park. So the first thing we do is attach some clear mono thread on a long shank hook. Then we'll take some uh, white bucktail. We'll attach it so that it goes all the way around the hook shank and extend it back maybe at least uh, as long as your hook. This one here I'm tying is a Mustad uh, long shank 2-0 hook. Now when I put my bucktail on, I want to make sure it goes all the way around the hook shank. And I'll tie it all the way down almost to the hook point. I'll bring my thread all the way back up front, because the next thing we're going to tie on is some flash. I happen to like the uh, Flashaboo. The number is 3005, they call it opal. You don't need a lot of it, it's really, really bright. And what I'll do is I'll just fold it over my hook, or over my uh, thread, and lash it onto the top of the fly. So that'll stick out all the way out the back. The next thing I'll take is three skinny um, Chinese saddle necks or saddle hackles. Um, You don't want a hackle that's really webby, but something long with maybe a stiff um, stem. So I'll take three of them, lay them on top of each other, and I'll lay them on top of the hook. Before I put them on the hook, I'll trim them to length, and I'll wet the fluff down that's in the front of the hook. So when I tie these on, I start at the front of the hook, and then as I run my thread back to secure it on top, I just pull all the the fluff backwards. By doing that, you'll maintain a a two-tone body, so you have one color on top and the white on the the bottom for the belly. The other thing we did for this fly is that when we started off, we came maybe about two hook eyes to three hook eyes back. Um, on the shank to where we're tying all our materials. None of our materials get tied in front of that until the very end. So now I still have my mono thread attached. If you want, you can top this also with um, a little bit of peacock curl. This one we're going to leave the peacock out. So I'll put my thread all the way at the hook point and I'll take some um, small, easy body. And when I put it on, I'll slide it over the front of the hook, over our body, and stop it right before the hook point. Then what I'll do is I'll go and trim the Easy Body even with the hook eye. So now all I have to do is slide the Easy Body back. Good enough. Alright. Secure it in the back with a couple light wraps. And then just run my thread all the way up front. And all the way to the hook eye. And that'll secure the front of the fly down. Now, the only thing left is to do is put some eyes on and to do a lateral line. So get to do the eyes, we're going to move our thread back to um, maybe about a quarter of the way back. We'll find two eyes. Which, which brand eyes do you use? These are just the small witchcraft um, flat uh, prism eyes. You can use any color you want, whatever you like. These happen to be silver today. And what I'll do is I'll put one on each side. But it's also the spot where I left my mono thread hanging. So, what I'll do is I'll take the mono as I'll, and I'll overwrap the eyes. So, I'll squeeze the back of the eyes. Take two wraps of mono over the eyes. Okay. So, now the eyes won't peel off when you're, if you have epoxy them, or in this case, I'm going to use the uh, Clear Cure Goo um, brushable on it. So, now your eyes are secured. Now, we want to do a red gill slit. So, I'm going to bring the thread back just a little bit to where the gill's going to be, and I'll take a red Sharpie, and instead of drawing it on the side of the fly, what I do is I'll draw the red Sharpie on my mono thread and wrap it around the fly, and I'll do it maybe two or three times and what it does, so I'll get a nice red stripe going all the way around the fly that's really cool, very creative and it saves you a lot of time now I'll just whip finish this off and since I'm using mono, I don't have to do it at the front of the eye. I can do it anywhere on the fly. Okay. Now, to finish the fly, you got to you know, coat the body with something. In the past, we used to use epoxy, 30-minute um, or longer. I like the DEF CON. For production runs, I still use 30-minute DEF CON. At shows or if you're just a casual tire at home, any of the light-cured stuff works. So now we just put a thin coat of... Uh, this will be the high, uh, ccg brushable over the whole body big fan of the clear cure goo products i am they really i think are the leader in the market right now there was another company but you don't hear much about them um, there's a lot of companies now, now but they all they all have their place but the one thing i like about the clear cure goo is that brian carson who's the owner um, he's you know constantly mixing up new batches new new formulations and trying to really make the stuff a lot better. Because in the beginning, all of them had issues.
3: That red gill really stands out.
16: Oh, it, it'll come really bright. And the only thing you have to make sure when, if, when you're doing the red gill is uh, before you move the thread further you know, back or down the fly when you're applying the red marker to the um, thread, just make sure you run out of red on your thread before you move it. Or else your fly will look like a barber pole. So now I've coated the uh, fly with a coat of um, the brushable CCJ. I'll hit it with a, a light. Just remember try not to look at the light. Um, that is an issue with a lot of the UV cured stuff. And when you set it, just make sure you set, you know, the whole, all, you know, all the different sides of the fly. What model vise are you using? This is one of my first uh, production vices I bought over 15 years ago. It's a Renzetti Master Vice. I don't know how many, you know, thousands and thousands of flies that have gone through this, but I've never had any issues with it. It's probably, for me, one of the best production vices around. And then when we're done, the only thing left with the, uh, if I use this clear goo goo, is I'll coat the fly with Hydro, which is the thin version of their product. Um, it's water thin. It goes on it takes away any of the tack that's left um, and it just it just makes the fly look a lot nicer. And that's about it. And we're done. Where can we find you online? Where can we find your flies? Uh, my website is Buzzfly B-U-Z-F-L-Y.com. Um, You can go to my site or if you want to email me, it's Buzz B-U-Z, at. Buzz, B U Z F L Y dot And any questions you have, just email me and I'll answer them for you. Or if you're looking for certain materials that you can't find, you know, let me know and I'll source it out for you. Thank you. Thanks so much. That's uh, the end of this podcast. Take it away, Jason.
0: Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob please go to www.robsnowwhite.com.